And welcome to episode two of Bourbon and Ballistics. I'm your host, Joel Potter, and today we have Joel and Sherry Dunn sitting across the table from us. Uh, we are going to talk about some rock hounding. We're going to yep. talk about some woodworking, yep. reclaimed envy, and Nevada silversmithing. Yes. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Great. How are you? Good. Yeah. Doing, yeah. Good. doing good. Uh, we are uh, drinking the uh, Redwood Empire Pipe Dream, which has treated us very well. It has treated us <laughs> <laughs> Well. It has been fun. So this is going to be a fun episode. You guys, uh, this is take two. And really, and the first one was a blast. I hope we can kind of recapture some of that essence because you guys do have a really cool story to tell. And I hope that we can uh, we can get some of that across. So why don't you guys just start off real quick. Tell me a little about you guys. And then let's, and then we'll delve into your guys' companies. Let me start. Yep, you got okay. it. So I'm Sherry Dunn. I am Nevada Silversmithing. Um been doing this for almost five years. Uh, Native Nevadan, fifth generation. Uh, sixth generation if you count Nevada as a territory. My, my family came over when, when Nevada was a territory still. So um, I have strong, strong Nevada roots I'm exceptionally proud of. And um, my husband Joel does the lapidary and reclaimed ND uh, woodworking and metal art. So I, uh, unfortunately, I'm only four generations Nevada. <laughs> So uh, Sherry's family came from that Lovelock to Elko area. Uh, still have family in uh, Paradise Valley, Winnemucca, Lovelock, Elko. Uh, my family's more of the 50, co- 50 corridor, uh, everywhere from Yerington out to Ely. Uh, but uh, same thing, really strong Nevada ties and uh, battle-born pride. Um, absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you guys. Yeah, got, absolutely. Got, I ended up getting finally catch you guys. You know, you yeah. guys are extremely oh, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. a lot of traveling, and if you're not traveling, you're here. You know, deep in in, in the shop. So, yeah. thank yeah. you for taking the time to, well, to sit down with me. Thank you for coming over. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the companies a little bit. Okay. Let's we'll start with uh, what what's probably been the strongest portion of our. We have three businesses, as Sherry mentioned. So we've got the Nevada silversmithing and that is uh, building the southwestern jewelry with uh, Nevada materials. Um, Sherry starts with raw silver and uh, we use mainly Nevada stones from turquoise, verisite, jasper. Um, I have an opportunity to start a second side of that business with the lapidary side. Lapidary is just simply cutting the stones for Sherry's jewelry. Um, Started though in retirement uh, going on six, seven years now. I, I started by building furniture. Uh, with uh, Reclaimed Envy is the name of the business. Um, Typically we use a lot of reclaimed material from steel to barn wood, uh, do a lot of live edge, do a lot of uh, epoxy pours, Um, but I'll tell you what, the Nevada silversmithing that we'll probably talk the majority of today about has kind of of taken on the biggest portion of our business. It is a, yeah, it is a... a, You guys. It is a big deal. And now, and Sherry, the, the work that you're creating I mean, it is gaining all sorts of recognition. I mean, you guys are big in you know, doing a lot of rodeo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, where would we have seen you recently? Um, recently would be, well, um, locally would have been back in September. Oh, well, actually in September, both at the Douglas County Rodeo mm-hmm. and at uh, Genoa Candy Dance. Mm-hmm. Although I wasn't at the Candy Dance, you were there. Um, just recently, last weekend, we were at uh, the Western States Ranch Rodeo Association right. um, National Finals, and that was in Winnemucca. 
So we have been very, very blessed with being able to really just in, um, infiltrate, I guess, the, the rodeo circuit. Um, my brand of jewelry is very Southwestern. Um, we only focus on Nevada stones, so that's a really huge selling point when we go to our Nevada events. Um, as well as even over in California, I mean, very respective that uh, we only use Nevada stones to, to do our business. So um, I guess the most recent one would have been the Western States uh, Ranch Rodeo Association, and that was their national finals. So that was really okay. cool. And that's and, a big deal in Winnemucca and uh, I think a week before that you were with uh, John Menser over at Snaffle Bit Fertility over in Reno yeah, at the that, Livestock Event Center that was huge yeah. Um, yeah so yeah we've had a lot of local events lately just kind of one after the other and so we're getting ready for our last event which is this next weekend in Winnemucca and uh, then we'll have a little bit of a little bit of a break, and then we're right back into it with uh, the Red Bluff Bowling Building. So. Just long enough to replenish the stock. Just yeah. long That's enough to replenish the stock. Huh? Work on some customs, and, and That's uh, really what the business has kind of come to. We sure you started the I think two days after you retired, you took a silversmithing class, and didn't really take the class with the idea of becoming an entrepreneur and starting a business, no. um, but built a couple pieces of jewelry and. Now you're selling anywhere from 50 to 150 pieces at each one of the events we go to. So between events, all she does is sit at the bench for 12, 13, 14 hour days, sometimes more, just building jewelry. And that, and that raises an interesting question. When you guys retired um, from your careers, what led you both into this? You know, what, how did you guys end up sitting on this? Well, for me, I guess, for me, um, after I retired, I... I, I kind of delved back into just everything with my grandmas. Um, my grand, one of my grandmas was the Rock Hound. She was all about Nevada. Uh, taught me everything. Like she had this huge wall in her house that had these specimens of Nevada um, rocks and gems, and she would tell me stories about how she would go out and, and she'd go to the mine and she'd find them and she would actually give me like the scientific names of them, you know, and what they were and why they were, you know, cinnabar and, you know, why they were formed the way it was and just all these different things. And then my other grandma, um, wow, we would sit with her jewelry box. It was my great grandma's jewelry and it was like Baroque type jewelry. Mm -hmm. um, and she would tell me about how the ladies would dress back then with my great-grandma and you know when I see pictures of her with her her brooch you know pins and hat pins and so I've always had this love for jewelry but um, my Nevada roots run really really strong and so I just when we retired I was like I just want to we love rock hounding we love exploring Nevada and I just want to take it all and put it into jewelry and, and let's do this I mean it was kind of one of those I just wanted like I don't know create and so yeah, on my side uh, the week I retired I had a friend that I've always been a maker I've always done a little metal smithing and a little woodwork and 
Um, my dad did the same. My grandpa was a big wood crafting guy. He, every time you'd get a gift at uh, Christmas or a birthday, it was something he made by hand. Oh, really? And it meant a lot yeah. to us. Oh, that's cool. um, you know, not only me, my sister, my cousins. And um, I kind of followed that uh, as a third generation maker. But my intent in retiring wasn't to go into a business. Uh, friends asked if I'd make a barn wood table. And I thought, oh, it'd be great. I could make, you know, really big... Uh, metal base and got some local barnwood I you know got from a friend and um, they put a post out on it and next thing you know I have a furniture business and um, it's been gangbusters I, I I've actually had to slow down a little bit to kind of keep up on Sherry's side mm-hmm. um, although both businesses are very lucrative the the Nevada silversmithing side kind of puts us into a niche where we get to travel a little bit going to the events to sell the jewelry but we're surrounded by the western lifestyle we're at rodeos and we're talking to the best people and the best families and we've developed amazing relationships where the furniture side although i enjoy it and i still i'm making a ton of furniture i've got a couple big tables i'm finishing up right now and um but it just doesn't have that personal connection to every one of my customers Mm -hmm. um that the nevada silversmithing size had it's funny because when you talk about that you know the first thing i tell people is um, the Southwestern jewelry has really become the heart of our of of my artistry. It's where the lane that I'm in. <clears throat> and a lot of times people will ask, you know, like, did you grow up on a ranch? Did you grow up? No, I didn't. I grew up in Elko. I was immersed in the the Western lifestyle growing up in Elko. I had friends that had ranches. Uh, my dad worked as a kid. Um, he worked ranches in the summertime. Um, had my mom and dad both had horses. I mean, so there were things like that, but growing up, we didn't, we we weren't in that lane, but immersed around it. Mm -hmm. And so the influence was always there and the respect of it was always there. Mm -hmm. Um, That Western lifestyle, that ranching family lifestyle is just, um, I don't know, it's the heart of Nevada. I I don't know, It's, 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 I don't know. It's just the heart of Nevada. Without it, we wouldn't have a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I, I love being able to represent it in the jewelry. Well, when you think about Nevada, you think about ranching and mining. 100%. Yeah. And, and both but that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're tapping into both of those resources. Yeah, both super animals. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can we see some of your guys' uh, some of the jewelry? Well, um, right now, uh, I, I do have some pieces at the Dancing Deer. Um, I do have some uh, jewelry there. Um, but really, That's up in Genoa? Up in Genoa. Yeah, okay. um, really, right now, you'll see me online, ma- mainly with social media. I was at the Circle S Western Market. Of course, they went a little bit of a different direction. They kind of stopped doing the Western Apparel and started hosting more events. So, um, uh, you know, we, we still set up in front of there for wine walks and events and things like that. But mainly you're going to see me at events, rodeos. Um, gosh, I don't and know. And on Instagram. Instagram. And you guys are Facebook. you guys are shipping, <clears throat> ship, excuse me, shipping out yeah. Uh, pieces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Out of state. Absolutely. We, we have a lot of customer base. Um, it's, it's grown quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the events that we go to, the, we, we've been able to capture out-of-state customers as well mm-hmm. with our with our artistry so it's, it's a good thing and actually it's a little difficult i mean i've been tasked with building a uh, shopping platform for sherry's website and although it's it's a long time coming 
really we haven't been able to keep up with the demand right now Um, between shows having to come back and build I mean I'll tell you what the reason why we talked about the candy dance um, Sherry wasn't able to take jewelry to the candy dance this year because she was so successful at the Douglas Rodeo and the Snaffle Bit she had six pieces left going into candy dance so uh, we were able to just showcase a lot of the artwork that we do with some of the reclaimed wood from the area and we sold that this year in the candy dance. Um, Which was super successful. Yeah, it was. Um, but right now, if I was to put, you know, the, the few pieces that Sherry's built this week online, um, those are going to sell next week in Winnemucca. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's really successful. We're blessed. Um, we're blessed. Sure. Um, so that, eventually we'll have an online uh, shopping platform for you. But uh, for now, just follow us on Instagram and uh, come to some of those local rodeos. Perfect. Yeah. We might have something in the works, but I can't really. All right, maybe we'll get that next yeah, time. Yeah, we maybe got next something time coming. We'll have something to share with Good. you guys. Yeah. But um, we're really crossing our fingers that the, uh, this other venture down in Gardnerville is going to work. And and yeah. On my side, for the furniture, um, actually, uh, we're going to showcase a piece that uh, I partnered with Tahoe Reclaim. Um, Tahoe Reclaimed is Vince Huff, and Vince has uh, several employees. Um, they're located over here off of Johnson Lane. Uh, they're associated with Novatile, and they do exactly what I do, um, but they do it tenfold. Uh, we build the same type of barnwood tables. Uh, we both do epoxy pours. Uh, we do a lot of live edge building. Um, we've kind of morphed over the last year where I do a lot of metal work for them for their tables, okay. and in exchange then they'll do some of the tabletops for me. Uh, one of the most recent projects, we did the Mark Twain room at the Fox in Carson City. Uh, Jim Phelan, the owner of the Fox, called, and I've, I'd built some tables for him in the in the past on his patio, and he wanted to rebrand uh, the room in between his old bar and the restaurant to being the Mark Twain room. And with that, he had a vision, and we kind of put it on paper and uh, built uh, two beautiful live-edge tables, and I did the bases, and we had Vince and his crew do the tops, and... Um, built a bunch of uh, shelving and it just turned out to be a spectacular build Uh, this coming week um, we've got one of those partnerships that we've built and it's for the Carson Valley Chamber of Commerce that's right Uh, so Alicia Main has a program that she offers and it's a leadership program and every year uh, if you're an up-and-coming leader or new to the community or you've been hired into one of the governmental offices you have the opportunity to join this leadership class and become immersed into your community you get to tour the back side of the sheriff's department and see how they function and operate you get to go to the fire department you get to go to the treasurer's office you see how the community you now live in Operates. That's cool. And it's a fantastic program. But as a participant in that program, every year you have to take on uh, a project. And this year that group met with uh, me several months ago and said, hey, we'd like to do a really big signature project and something that will last forever. We'd like to build a table for the Chamber of Commerce conference room. And they came up with a design, came up with the celebration of Carson Valley. And um, it's a Nevada that's been uh, routed into a beautiful piece of walnut. It has 1861, founded in agriculture. It has the 2023 leadership with uh, Job's Peak in it. It's just a spectacular piece. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, they 
raised $1,500 to cover some of the direct costs that uh, both Vince and I incurred in the project, but the rest of it's all donated. So for that $1,500 they raised, they're getting about a $15,000 table. Okay. Um, but we'll do the unveiling of that table this coming Thursday, November 16th, 4 to 6 o'clock, and that's at the Chamber of Commerce. And you guys do a lot with the community. Oh, I mean, boy. you really do. Oh, and boy. if you talk about that for a little bit, because I think that a, lot of, a lot of that's lost, but let, yeah. let, let them know. Well, you know, I think Sherry doesn't like to throw it out there, but with the success of the business, I think on Sherry's side alone, she donated over $50,000 in jewelry last year to pretty much everyone that asked. Um, you know, I, my belief is this, is that without the people that are supporting me, I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm not anything. I mean, you know, so I need to be able to show my gratitude and support back to them. Um, we've donated to cancer fundraisers, the Checker Club, um, Mule Deer. Nevada, Mule De Nevada Muleys. Um, I mean, in Nevada Muleys in Winnemucca, the Checker Club here. I mean, like, so uh, the cancer fundraiser in Carson City. Um, one of the, two of the most, I don't know, were just poignant pieces that I've done. One of them was uh, a Battleborn series piece that I did. Um, it was for a fundraiser for the paramedics that were lost on the care flight uh, mm -hmm. uh, accident that happened, which was just an amazing, or, I mean, it was a horrible tra tragedy, but an amazing um, fundraising event for them. Um, the other one we do is the Blue Line uh, mm -hmm. project. And that was just kind of one of those uh, events where Joel got a batch of turquoise from Lane Audison, which is the Audison family out of Tonquah. And um, we got some Thunder Thunderbird Blue, mm -hmm. sorry, Thunderbird Blue ribbon and some Viking ribbon turquoise. And we were wanting to make Nevada shapes out of it. And for whatever reason, we, we shifted the, the, the ribbon that was going through of turquoise to run horizontal. And I just went, wow, that looks like the blue line. And um, it, it was done during the time when all that BLM stuff was going on. And so, you know, there was a lot of really horrible press about the public safety as a whole. And I just, I don't know, it was just, I, I'm all about supporting. We have family members that are with Douglas County uh, Sheriff's Office. Um, uh, I'm a huge supporter of our uh, local fire department. And, and I just thought, wow, we need to do something, something for this. So Joel and I called Lane and said, hey, what do you think about donating um, to this cause? And we're going to do a blue line project, which is basically going to, all the proceeds are going to go to what the Douglas County Sheriff's Office sees as a um, immediate need, I guess, mm -hmm. for a donation, which was their Explorers, mm -hmm. Explorers program. Right. And so, you know, during that time frame, it just seems so appropriate because, you know, who who really would Oh, be very difficult to recruit new sheriff's yeah. officers I mean, during really that. during that time. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of bad publicity nationwide about our sheriff's officers. And, I mean... Our sheriff's officers here in our county are amazing. Top notch, the Top best. Top notch sheriff's officers, and so I thought, holy smokes, let's let's do this, you know. So we made this blue line project, which was Nevada shaped jewelry, blue line of turquoise going through, and um, the officer's badge number is is on the back, 
and all the proceeds went to their explorers program and Fantastic. lane loved that you know so lane's like let's let's do it for um night night county had their own explorers program explorers program and so we we split the proceeds between that and so you know it's been it was, a great fundraiser and a great and it's reached statewide now. Although it was intended when Sherry first started building, yeah. it was going to be Douglas County and just, just Nye County. County. Sure. There's been NHP from around the state, uh, Humboldt County, um, and we still have quite a few Nevadas that are ready to go into jewelry. So if yeah. anybody yeah. listening, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post up a couple pictures of that yeah, on this. Yeah, on this post. You know, we're all about that, and uh, again, Fantastic. all the proceeds go to we split them half and half, 50-50 between um, Nye County <clears throat> and Douglas County. So anything new coming in is going to obviously be split between them. But super proud of that project. I mean, just. I don't know. What are the, when you're looking at, uh, not to interrupt, no, but you know, the, the man hours, woman hours, they go into eat the, these those pieces in particular. I mean, the, the sizes, I'm, I'm guessing, are fairly similar. Yeah, they range. On the I mean, you know, what we did this year, or what we did with that project, is we said, hey, let's just try to keep it all necklaces, you know, just because obviously it could get really big really fast. And I wanted to make sure that we could get everything done in time you know we could do simple embellishments on there and so forth but um you know each piece probably has about three to four hours in there maybe maybe five depending on the amount of embellishing that we do on there so you know 15 hour days we're we're putting in here to do you know just all of our jewelry but for those battleborn pieces you know three to four hours a piece how do you determine what type of stone becomes what piece of jewelry wow um so joel doing the lapidary work is amazing because he will take a stone that's in raw form rough is what it's called slab it look at it and he's he's become so good about just allowing the stone to tell him what it needs to be as a shape and i know that sounds really quirky but it really truly is like a freeform thing there's times when i'll go to joel and say hey i need to i need to build a lariat so i need these shapes but most of the time it's just like freeform let's let go forth and do and then he'll bring the stone to me and then i sit and kind of play with it and sometimes it takes a little bit but most of the time i can look at it and go ah okay you're gonna be a necklace or you're going to be a ring or you're going to be a cuff or you're going to be a lariat because we've got all these other stones that go with it so so yeah i just i kind of had somebody tell me one time um you need to let the stones talk to you and tell you what they want to be instead of force fitting it and so i do like i said sometimes it takes weeks honestly i mean like i'll just sit and if it's not coming to me it just gets pushed aside. you've had some stuff that yeah. just sits there for a while sits there for a while yeah i'll bring it back out i'll look at it and and then i i don't know if it's my mind is clearer or what the deal is but all of a sudden it'll start kind of coming to me like here's what you need to be you know so the opportunity to spend expand into the lapidary side of sherry's business uh, was provided by a friend uh, lisa ponch out of carson city um actually was a friend of a friend at the time he called and um out of the blue said hey you're you're the guy that makes those tables those uh, river epoxy tables i said sure what, what do you need and he said well um i have what you need and i said okay well what, what do you have and he said well i have a bunch of lapidary equipment and i hear your wife is a silversmith and i'd love to do a trade and i said okay well you know tell me what you want so sight unseen i, I built him his tables and i went over and met him and 
his yard looks like Quartzsite. And if you haven't been to Quartzsite, Quartzsite is a, a trading mecca for silversmiths and rockhounds. And there's, I think, 100,000 people, if not more, that surround the small community of Quartzsite, Arizona for about two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the trading capital of rocks. Well, his yard looks like Quartzsite. Mm. <laughs> and it and it's really fits into our brand because it's all Nevada stones. He is an absolute rockhound. Well, I was excited and I gave him his tables and he gave me a trailer full of parts and I love building and I was excited that I didn't get a bunch of equipment. I got a bunch of parts, so I got to make the equipment I really wanted to. And um, going back to when Sherry started doing silversmithing, one of the biggest expenses in building the jewelry is the capuchon, the raw gem material that you buy to put into the jewelry. Mm. And... To be honest, Sherry was buying from some of the, the most reputable turquoise dealers on the West Coast. And sometimes we were a little uh, unhappy with the quality that was coming in. Sometimes it was a little thin. The polish wasn't quite as, as good as you had hoped, and the cut wasn't exactly the way you wanted it. And we thought, well, this is a great opportunity. Let's just do it ourselves. We'll do it in, internally. We have ties to all of the rural communities. Uh, my family has a lot of ties to the mines. And so we thought, well, shoot, we'd be able to find turquoise. And sure enough, we got the equipment and um, reached out to family members across Nevada. My uncle lives in Crescent Valley. And if you're not from Tonopah, which is the Mecca of turquoise, uh, you're from the, the Austin to Crescent Valley area. That Lander, that County, Lander County has some of the best turquoise uh, found in the world. I was going to um, say, what, go, what goes into finding uh, the stones? Well, I have to say, when we started, we started like most, um, rock hounding. We would drive out, and one of the one of the trips we did, one of our first trips, we knew that there was an old mine site out by Battle Mountain that there wasn't a claim on, so we could go out and look. And um, what we found first was the old Mormon crickets, mm. about a bazillion of them. Um, but we put our boots on, pulled our pants up, and we went out and found some Jim Silica, found some turquoise, found some really nice jasper, uh, spent a day with some really good friends out on their side-by-side, and um funny and family, too. And family. you had family yeah. and and um had a great day went to a couple old mine sites that had some old metal for me to put into some reclaimed art oh, and cool. um the the ending of it's kind of a funny story though we got back to the <laughs> to the truck and loaded up the side by side on the trailer and sherry jumped out of the back of the side by side and forgot that we'd put it up on the trailer and flat backed into about a million mormon crickets oh my yeah, it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and it is kind of funny when we talk about it because it was one of those moments where, you know, I'm hopping off thinking that we're on, like, we're on the ground, and I, we've been on the quad all day long, so a little bit rummy, you know, just, I mean, we've been out all day and just had a great time, and so, you know, I hop off the, the back, and I kind of do, like, this jump off, like, and uh, as I'm thinking I'm going to hit the ground, I'm like, the ground's not there yet, and I'm landing on my back, and there's water crickets everywhere in my hair, and um, yeah, so it was really funny, because I got up and, you know, acted a little cool about it, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm fine, and brushed off the water crickets, and went around the front of the truck, like, oh my god, I'm so hurt, <laughs> it's really sore. But, um, yeah, it, it was a good, yeah. it was good. No, you know, having an opportunity to go out rock hounting in Nevada was fun, but the, the turquoise that we put into the jewelry, the grade of that turquoise, 
that Sherry's customers have come to know and expect really requires us to go straight to the mines. Um, the turquoise that we're using is coming from out of the earth, not on top of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, that turquoise that's on the surface sometimes just isn't the right grade. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the turquoise in the market these days comes from what you can find either in just old tailings or on the surface, but it's typically stabilized. And uh, lapidary artists or silversmiths will infuse those pieces of turquoise um, with epoxy um, or glue, and uh, they become hardened and it adds color to the pieces. Um, and we try not to. A lot of, uh, of lapidary artists will infuse their turquoise that they find rock hounding with epoxy or glue, and um, it's known as stabilized turquoise. And probably 90, 95% of the turquoise on the market these days is truly stabilized turquoise. Uh, it's still beautiful. Um, it's, it's nice There's jewelry. Nothing There's it. nothing wrong with it, yeah. but it does devalue that turquoise. Um, we try to stay true to, we always use Nevada stones in our jewelry, but we try to never use stabilized turquoise. Um, the only exception to that is if somebody comes in with a piece of their own turquoise right. and they yeah. want it in a that piece of jewelry, sense. we'll yeah. use that. Sure. Um, but yeah, so we've developed a relationship with all of the you know miners in Nevada from turquoise to verisite. Uh, we do go out and find um, either agate or a lot of jasper that we use in our jewelry. Um, but outside of that, the turquoise comes straight from the mines. Yeah, and you know, and one of it, I mean, like we kind of touched on a little bit, but you know, our business model has never swayed, which is we're only going to use Nevada stones because we're Nevada silversmithing, and and again, our roots in Nevada run strong, and so you know, we want to pay it forward to other Nevada families that are out there mining it and mm -hmm. selling it and. Um, you know, without them, I don't have a business. So it's it's something for me where I, I want to pay respect to them. I don't want to go anyplace else. I want to work with them. Um, we work with some collectors that actually work with the mines as well. And so we're getting some very high-grade, old-stock turquoise. Some of it is turquoise that we you can't get anymore because the mine isn't, isn't functioning anymore. And, 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 and that's like... I, I don't know, that's huge for us. I mean, that's our business model. We want to make sure that we're doing it, you know, to pay it forward. Well, every piece has a story behind it then. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the first batch of turquoise, when I got the lapidary equipment, I reached out once again to my uncle that lives in Crescent Valley, and um, he, through a friend of a friend, everyone in Crescent Valley has a turquoise miner, has a stash of turquoise, but we were able to get several pounds um, I would say over the course of two years mm -hmm. probably 50 pounds of some of the highest grade fox turquoise um, there's a lot of beautiful turquoise in Nevada but this fox turquoise was an inheritance that a friend of my uncle's said uh, got from her great-grandfather um, and he'd worked several mines in that Lander County all the way down into Austin mm. so the batches that we've received has not only Fox we've had Damali uh, turquoise and Verisite some beautiful Godber Burnham turquoise Blue Dry Gem. Creek Blue Gem and uh, it's funny because the story goes that her great-grandfather great-grandfather yeah, great, I think great-grandfather um, you know he worked the mines in that area and so when they paid him they paid him in turquoise oh really so so here he is you know acquiring all this turquoise and when you know when he passed he he left it to his granddaughter and she was like i don't know what to do with it. i don't really want anything to do with it not i mean she just didn't know what to do with it sort of like we'd love to buy it from you she so. really wanted a new car 
is what she wanted to inherit, and I think we've bought her a we couple of her. new cars now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, so That's we bought cool. these, you know, we bought this turquoise from her, you know, we're, we're cutting it open, and, you know, like like Joel said, probably, I would say 95% of it is Fox, because it seems like that's the majority where he mined. But every so often, all of a sudden, we're, it's like a surprise, it's like a crackerjack box, you know, it's like we're getting into it, and Joel's cutting it open, and, and you know, flaying it, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, we've got Blue Gem, or we've got Number Dry eight Creek, and Dry Creek and or we've got um, Damali, you know, and, and these are all sought after high grade turquoise that I mean you just you, you just can't get unless you're really working I mean in my opinion my humble opinion you just can't get unless you're working with someone you know I mean we know exactly where it's come from because we're actually cutting it what's the the learning curve I mean as far as you guys I mean throwing out all the different varieties of, of, of stone mm-hmm. like how I mean, you guys are geologists. No, <laughs> no right? So, what is that? What? How do? What? How do you? How do you acquire the the necessary information to process what you guys are actually getting? So, you know, first and foremost, just working with the person that we're working with. You know, okay. so you know, if we're working with the two gentlemen that we work with that are collectors, they are some of the most fascinating historians of mines ever. Like, I can call Dave or I can call Bob and say, tell me about this piece of turquoise, you know, and, and tell me the history of it. And they'll tell me the entire history of the mine, and then we, we go and research it and get more history of it. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, working with the gentlemen that we work with, working with the mines, them, the mining families that we're working with to get it. Um, a ton of research. A ton of research. You know, yeah. when, when we sell a piece of jewelry, um, when we're sitting at the Winnemucca Rodeo or the Rodeo, you're not just selling the piece. You're talking to who's buying it. Yeah. You're telling them about the process of making that piece of jewelry. And most of all, you're talking about the gemstone, the cabochon, the turquoise, the verisite, where it came from, what mine it came from, what family it came from. Mm-hmm. And so we always get the backstory, the history of every piece that we make. Um, and... A lot of people don't realize, but if you have an opportunity to look at a turquoise map, when you look at the western states, um, the majority of all of the turquoise that comes from the United States comes from Nevada. Mm-hmm. There's only a few mines in Arizona. There's about three or four mines in New Mexico. In Colorado. In Colorado. There's, you know, there's a little hit and miss here, but the top grade is all Nevada turquoise. Really? And it's, so it's in our backyard. I mean, there's there's turquoise just on the uh, backside of the Pine Nut Range in Yarrington. Uh, the Cassidy's have a mine, and it's it's great, beautiful turquoise. That's um, the the gem quality that we try to put into some of our pieces. Uh, you know, I, I would say we talk a lot about turquoise, uh, the Jasper. Jasper is a big hit for us. Um, Jasper is a little bit harder stone, um, harder as far as the Mohs scale. So when you're looking at stones, they rate stones from zero to 10, with 10 being the hardest, so that's a diamond. Um, turquoise typically falls anywhere from that four to five. Um, the higher grade turquoise you get, sometimes you can get five or six, and it forms a little bit better. It takes a little bit better polish. Sometimes even yeah. a seven. Sometimes a seven. Um, I've had some really good turquoise that I've had to polish up a seven. Jasper stays really consistent at that six, seven, eight. It's a really hard stone. Polish is great, um, really good to form and cut. Um, you know, I would, I, we have chicken track jasper. 
that is very difficult to find. It's uh, you actually go up into Oregon. Some of it's in Oregon, but the the batch that we have came from Nevada. You have to drop back in where now there's a lithium mine being built, and that's mm-hmm. going to limit access. So luckily, through some uh, friends that do a lot of rock counting, we've acquired most of the stash that I know of, probably three, 400 pounds of this chicken track jasper. And it is a stunning jasper. It's uh, in little wash beds, and when you cut it, it's this most beautiful mountain scene. We cut Nevada cabochons, and it's been a real hit for us. Yeah. Um, do you guys feel like other people in the industry are providing that same backstory or that same like love for where they're actually you know acquiring the the material from that you guys are i would say yes yeah some of them do i mean when you look at some of the other nevada artists that are out there i mean they're they're definitely trying to promote nevada um you know, I would say it's hard to <laughs> to rival my love for Nevada. Right. I mean, just because of our family history right. and, um, you know, like, I, not to diminish them at all. I mean, you know, they, they, they're out there doing the same thing. I mean, they're, they're trying to promote Nevada, but I don't know, for me, it's all about the, the other families in Nevada that are working hard to do what they do best and or were working hard because you know again some of the stones that we're acquiring are, are not even mined anymore so some of the stock that we have are, is back from like the anywhere from the 50s to the 70s so it was being mined back then and you know I don't want to um, not pay homage to them right. because you know again without their hard work I wouldn't be uh, um, able to do what I'm doing with the hybrid turquoise <laughs> yeah Bodie he, he wants out bad he wants out um, so um, so yeah it's I'm sure there are others out there that are just as proud as they, you know as what they're doing yeah. but you'd hope so I mean you know, if you're going to put the time and effort into yeah. it, that you'd have that same same sort of love for it. But I feel like you guys do a, a great job on all aspects and all fronts um, when you guys are putting anything together. You know that you, you guys are definitely putting uh, your heritage of the state uh, first and foremost. First and foremost, and is uh, that is important. Well, there's so much history, and, and I guess I'm a history buff yep. in, in some respects. As that goes, I mean. Um, the one thing that we like to do is I like to tell a story about anything that we have, even Joel's pieces that he has for his sure. wood and metal art. Um, you know, and he can talk about that too because you know he he tries to make sure that he pays homage to the you know the old barn wood where it came from. You know, and but for me, it's about the mines. So some of it is you know I love being able to tell my customers you know hey you just purchased a piece of darling darling turquoise. And that turquoise was mined back in, you know, Lander County. It was mined decades ago. And the gentleman who owned the mine, um, you know, as the story goes, he made, he named his mine after his daughter who passed away. And his her name was Darlene. So he named all the turquoise that came out of there Darlene, Darlene. Now, a lot of people don't know that, you know, but we were able and fortunate to get our hands on some of that. So when I make a piece with it, I want to make sure that person knows, like, there's there's history, there's substance behind it. Not just the artistry, but I mean, there's like substance behind that person who went out and mined it. He lost his daughter, you know, back in what, late 1800s. Lost his daughter, 
named his mine after her. And now all that turquoise is named after her. Mm. You know, so like for That's me, cool. it's like there's more, it's about the story too. Mm-hmm. And I love sharing that mm-hmm. with our with our customers and like with Joel with his barnwood I mean like all the barnwood has yeah. a story you know and so it's, it's, it's important a, for us to know what we're selling um, yeah. sometimes we're challenged by the customer yeah. um, one of the first shows that we did uh, two years ago down in with us yeah in Winnemucca. Oh, yeah. That was right? a blast. Yeah. And in Winnemucca, and all of a sudden you get a customer that walks up and says, hey, that's uh, that's Damali Verisite, isn't it? And you better know it's Damali Verisite, and you better know where it came from because they do know. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're selling, they're not going to buy it from you. Right. You know, we take, a, we take a lot of pride in Sherry touched on um, the reclaimed NV side. So I think we'll probably the majority of this will be talking about the jewelry, but the reclaimed NV, we took on an opportunity to do our work, not just tables. So I ended up with a pile of scraps that uh, from the barnwood tables and some cutoffs of uh, metal from building the table legs. And um, we decided to do the candy dance uh, last year for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I took that opportunity to take those scraps and I made some Nevadas and we cut, did some cutouts, uh, some American flag cutouts, and we did uh, mule deer and elk and Basque uh, the Basque Labrador and. So we took a Labrador. I said it right. <laughs> yeah, couple whiskeys in. Couple whiskeys in. And the same thing. I I I was able to sell this Nevada and tell the people that were buying it that that piece of barnwood came from the Lucanberries who own the JT who own a ranch just around the corner from where I'm selling it at the candy dance. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those pieces came from the Hellwinkle Ranch. I, I was able to acquire a lot of barnwood from the first dairy farm in Carson City. Built a table for the owner, and I ended up with stacks of barnwood. In fact, I, you as a neighbor, you know that my back acre is has piles and piles of barnwood. A little bit of wood back there. Yeah, a little bit of wood. Um, to me, it's gold. It is absolutely. You know, I, I just did a, a job last week. Um, another someone with an entre- entrepreneurial spirit decided that they were going to build a wine and beer and art vending trailer out of an old horse trailer. And uh, she called me two weeks ago and said, hey, I'm looking to do some countertops in this uh, this trailer. And she had a vision and she knew that she wanted some really rustic, gnarly looking black walnut. And when she asked me about it, I knew out in one of those piles, I had some of that mm-hmm. for her. And uh, finished it up this weekend and going to do an install when we get back from Winnemucca at the rodeo next week. And it's a beautiful piece. And um it's Nevada. It's mm-hmm. old history. Yeah, and it has a story. It right. has well, a story you know, behind it. Super fun. touching on Joel's artwork, you know, like, he, um, everything that Joel does is all Nevada-themed. I mean, it's all Nevada big game. It's all Nevada heritage. You know, again, we talk about the Bass Cross, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I'm two whiskeys in, and so, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it. But, you know, our grandkids are Basque. And so, you know, one of the, I didn't tell Joel this, but at the last event we were at, a gentleman came up to me and said, you have the Basque cross up there? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, um, I'm Basque. And I said, well, you know, my grandkids are Basque too, you know, and he has this giant Basque tattoo going down his forearm and in Basque it says respect. And, you know, and, and it, our, our art promotes conversation. And it promotes the conversation about Nevada families. I mean, he's Nevada. He's a native Nevadan. He's 
he's strong in his Basque heritage, you know, and that's something that's huge in Nevada, especially northern Nevada. Of course. You know? yeah. So, um, so it's just, you know, everything we do is Nevada-based, and um, yeah, we're super proud of it. I know we keep hammering that in, but it's like, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It's but, like, you know, when we jumped into this, um, we really don't need to run businesses. We have great retirements. Right. We wanted to stay busy. We wanted to stay um, active. Most importantly, when we moved out here to Douglas County, I was born and raised in Carson City. I moved to Douglas County so I could be closer to my grandkids. Um, our daughter had the opportunity to go to Douglas High School, and it was the best experience for her. Um, I was multi-generation Carson High. Um, I know there's some booing going on in the broadcast right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things we wanted to do when we moved out here was to become actively engaged in this community. Right. Um, and you guys and, have done a great job. Yeah. And so now we rarely turn right when we come off of Johnson Lane. We turn left, and we we get involved. We talked about the chamber um, table. We talked about all the donations. And it, we believe in this community. Well, we want to be a part of this community. Well, this community has supported us, yeah. you know. And and again, like Joel talks about growing up in Carson, I grew up in Elko. So this community reminds me a lot of Elko when I grew up. And that was many moons ago. Mm, but Not quite uh, the same anymore. Not, not quite the same yeah. in Elko right now. I mean, like, I love my hometown. Mm -hmm. and, and um, But... But as a, as a child, teenager growing up in Elko... Coming to Minden is very much like what I grew up in. I mean, everybody supports everybody. It's a small town spirit. It's um, support. It's everybody coming and watching the football game. Mm -hmm. It's everybody coming and watching, you know, like the softball games. I mean, it's 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 support, and so we want to support back. I mean, with that, with our with our artistry. So that's. And with that, you guys are doing the wine walks. You're doing, doing the the, the yeah. Douglas County Rodeo, Kitty mm -hmm. yeah, Dance, the country Christmas. Uh, yeah, country. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's coming up. up. Couple, yeah, that's gonna be a doozy after. for sure. And that's huge. I mean, this mm -hmm. is the third year for that, mm -hmm. and um, it's a bunch of local makers coming out and, and selling their artwork. Said, and it's all fundraisers for 4-H. Yeah, and, and who better to support but 4-H? Right. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, so, so that's the weekend after Thanksgiving. It'll be out at the. Douglas County Fairgrounds uh, inside in case it's inclement weather, but and Santa will be there. Santa's going to you know, so I mean, get ready yes, because yeah. he's ready for some pictures yes. and he's mm -hmm. great with those pictures. Mm -hmm. I mean, Santa's all ready to roll. Good there, dude. So. Good dude. So yeah, so that's gonna be fun. It's good. I mean, we're we're happy to to continue to give back. I mean, all the time. You guys have had opportunities to venture out traveling to California occasionally and do some sh do some shows or rodeo events out there as well. We yeah we definitely do the rodeo events. I mean, <laughs> um, our next big event, our, our huge event that we're getting ready for now is uh, the Red Bluff Bull and Gelding Sale. Oh right. <clears throat> and that's a big one for us. I mean that's that's huge. I mean, it is such a fun event. Like if you if you've never been, it's just fun. Yeah. Like it's it's again, one, one of the things you do is, is you become part of a vending family. Yeah. You know, we the first event we did was the Winnemucca Rodeo, the Ranch and Rodeo that's put on by their tourism authority. Mm -hmm. And it is an absolute community event. Uh, there are uh, participants that come from all over Nevada, and they're ranching families. It's a, it's a true rodeo that showcases what ranch hands do 
every day, mm-hmm. how they live, how their livelihood comes. But with that, all of a sudden we have a vendor that comes up and um, we took a lot of pride in building our booth. So our booth. Oh yeah, let's talk about yeah, the booth. The booth. A little bit. So the um, booth that takes us like yeah. six hours to assemble. Yeah, and, I love you know, it. I am put a picture of that in here. Editive. I do not like to lose. And when Sherry said, "Hey, you know what? I I sold a lot of jewelry in a friend of mine's booth at the rodeo last year. Let's do our own booth this year." And I thought, well, hell yeah, I'm going to build the best booth there. Uh-huh. And so I went online and I started looking at how people were doing their booths. And I thought, well, we, we can do better. And so we built a spectacular booth. We were lucky enough to get the absolute best spot in the house at the Winnemucca Rodeo for our first event. And it just took off. It took off for us in the fact that other vendors took notice of what Sherry was building in her jewelry how our booth was good for the promoters, good for the event, very inviting. Um, People wanted to come into the booth. It didn't just look like your typical 10 by 10 with a couple of tables. It was... Was there something wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. a lot of people, that's all they can do. Right. Right. But step your game up. Get it together. Get it together. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have a husband that can actually... Right, that helps. But, you know, that... But it does. It, it, It became... Um, kind of a spectacle in itself just the booth and after that first event there was some people that became very good friends they sell the best barbecue sauce Rockin' 3H Rockin' no. the, Rockin' 3H barbecue uh, my favorite. Cheryl and Andy my favorite. shout out to them because and, yeah. they are so good they invited us to dinner in Winnemucca and so then they had to come to dinner with all of Sherry's family from Winnemucca and of course we're talking and they're like you know you gotta, you gotta come to Bishop Mule Days with us it's a great event and we're like, well, we should. And they said, yeah, but it takes about three to five years to get in. But I'll make a call. And so on the yeah. way back from Winnemucca, after tearing down the booth and driving, and we sold a ton of jewelry, and we thought, wow, maybe we're onto something here. This might work. And we called down, and this wonderful lady, Sherry Lee from the Bishop Mule Days, she already knew about us before I called her because Andy called and he told her about our <laughs> booth and she had pictures of the booth somehow and um, so she said yeah we're going to get you in this year and we're going to get you the best spot and that's just kind of how it's been everywhere the bowl and gilding sale Sherry just talked that's, about that's because of what you yeah. did with the booth and they called and said we want you and we want your booth yeah. and we're going to give you a fantastic spot and we've been blessed yeah, um, absolutely it's blessed. been amazing you know I uh, to sell 50 to 150 pieces of jewelry at an event um, is even more at the rep even, even more at the that, yeah that one that one j- takes That's about two, 200 to 250 pieces pieces wow. of jewelry so between events sometimes only a week to two weeks we're in here for 12 13 14 hours a day making jewelry this morning Sherry was busy getting ready for next week's event and there was some 80s rap. There was some Rob Zombie, a little Van Halen. Um, anything that could really motivate you to just flat work. And that's, I mean, and to your point with the with the display in itself, I mean, you're, you're building a brand. You're building a name. And, and you could have a very good product. But unless you're really marketing that product, yep. you know, efficiently, then you're going you're gonna to be left out. You know, we knew quickly that Sherry had the artistic skills to build the jewelry that people wanted to buy. We knew that we were onto something, but we needed to have the avenue to sell it. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to, um, in my career, I ended my career as a tourism director, and I had the most incredible team 
of marketing professionals. I hired the greatest minds from Carson City and down here in Minden and Gardnerville, and I learned through them how to market Carson City, and it was social media. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at two, you know, mid fifty artists that. I thought she was definitely in her 40s. Yeah. I was going to say 29. <laughs> yeah. And we quickly needed to know that social media was the way to market ourselves, our jewelry, our tables, our art pieces. And that's probably the most difficult part of our... Pricing's difficult, but selling yourself through social media yes, when you have to spend an hour or two to take pictures, quality pictures that showcase your artwork and put it out in front of your potential customers... If you don't invest in that time, you're making a mistake. You can have the best product in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you don't find a way to get in front of the right target market, you're in trouble. And that's a perfect segue into first-line ballistics targets. Because yes. it, it is social media is a fantastic avenue Absolutely. to get to that target audience. But in the firearms industry, it is becoming increasingly difficult to, in the last year, for example watching videos or media posts that would have probably gotten us you know a few hundred to a thousand views Mm -hmm. down to single digits because nobody can see them right and this is i mean and this is not necessarily uh, just in the firearms industry but any market if you're not out there you're not helping your friends by just liking those posts or engaging on those posts or anything like that i mean that is the fastest way to kill a social media presence and that's one of the things that i in the last week um on the on our local facebook groups Mm -hmm. it it was just an opportunity that i you know created a post just to try to see what we have in our valley that you know with the holidays coming Mm -hmm. up which we all love Mm -hmm. um and and look what happened with that post it was i saw the post you did it in the evening the next morning there was 150 posts and it, it generated business for Sherry. Sherry put a photo of was what we do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It was. It's important. I mean, it's oh. important to to just. I mean, you know, it, a lot of times I get flack because it's almost like I have too much time on my hands. But I'm I I engaging on those posts yeah. right. is going to help fix that algorithm. I mean, I only see like six people, you know, on Facebook, right? And, and Instagram's getting no better, right? So to take the time to just to share, to comment, to, to, to engage those posts is such a big ordeal. And, and what we did gain from that post on the, the community forum was we have a ton of talent here. Awareness. Absolutely. A ton of talent. And where are we going to see them? Yeah. Well, and, and like Joel said, I mean, even that forum, I mean, I, again, that forum created a, a business channel for me as as far as a client coming in and saying, I was looking for you. I didn't know who you, mm-hmm. I didn't know where to find you. And this forum helped that. So, I mean, oh, thank well, you for doing that. First yeah, and foremost, absolutely. But I saw everything from uh, spas to mechanics to massages I mean, the whole world is outstanding if you're not yeah. spending your There's money in Douglas, like if you live in Douglas oh. County right now and you don't go to that post Absolutely. and you get everybody in your entire list taken care of you're a fool well yeah. and honestly I mean that post is there to support the small businesses mm-hmm. um, like you said it was every everyone from florists to massage people to silversmiths to ballistic or to your the, first line ballistics and and, and and it was just like, 
everyone came together on that mm-hmm. cookies for, yeah. for mm-hmm. gosh yeah. sakes. Oh. I mean, if you didn't know what you were going to buy for Christmas, you should you know. Yeah, and if, you, if you're not, if you're not bookmark that post, yeah. and if you're not like in your right mind, if you're not. If you're not going through every single one of those and go, what can they get for Aunt May or or Uncle Mark or you know whomever it is, but and support those other people. Yeah, I mean because they're like us. I mean, we're fortunate enough that we've you know our our hobby, our initial hobby grew. I mean, without us going down that right. path, forced us to grow into a business. I mean, for lack of a better word, I mean it was like it. I mean, we were like, holy smokes, this is taking off. Those other people, too, I mean, same thing. I mm-hmm. mean, like we're yeah. talking about. So, shop local. There's two or three other silversmiths locally in Carson Valley. Yeah. Um, we work quite a bit doing the cabochons. So the, once again, the cabochons, the finished gym that goes into the jewelry. There's some silversmiths locally that are now buying cabochons from me, and half the time we're just trading or giving it to them mm-hmm. just to support them. Um, you know, Carly Strauss with uh, Envious. It's NVUS Silversmith Silverworks. Silver Silver yeah. um, she's fabulous, and she also teaches classes. That's cool. She and she's half of the people that take her class have become silversmiths. They loved it so much, and she's she's by trade a teacher. Um, and now she's a professional silversmith and doing great. There's a new silversmith in the community that uh, Elizabeth Freeman, um, she's fantastic. She has her own lane, a complete different look than anyone else. And she's trying to build her business. And she was on your forum that you put out on that. So if anyone's looking for it, it's on Facebook. It's the Gardnerville Menden Forum. Um, it was a simple post that got a lot of traction. Um, probably well over 200 now businesses have had an opportunity to showcase what they sell locally. Yeah, that's so um, great. And, and it's, if the businesses take the time to put it out, take the time to, to buy from them mm-hmm. and yeah, support absolutely. them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the best things about this time of year. I mean, you know, I know that you guys know, but for those listening, I mean, the, the holidays, the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas to me is just a big blur of just joy and sharing yeah, and trying to just, if, if my friends are doing good, that I'm doing good. And that's exactly the purpose of, you know, when we, when we're throwing up Christmas lights the day after Halloween, because you know what I want to do is I want to get in that giving spirit. I want to get in that joyous moment where I feel like I get a little less upset on the road, not much more, but a little less upset, you know, and I feel like I might just see her at the target buying Christmas lights and I applaud her for that. And so there's, there's a lot to be said about this time of year. and, And I think that if you can do anything for your family by doing good by your community you should absolutely go out there and do it and we have a, a really big event we already touched on a little bit what have we, what have we got coming up in the uh so next week uh, so next week um well next week is winnemucca we're gonna go back to winnemucca mm-hmm. um and this is a <laughs> this is a really cool event um we i've never seen this before it's a big loop Rodeo. Yeah, never not heard of that. Never heard of it. Um, BT Gatherings, it's called, and this is huge in California. Um, it, a BT stands for Buckaroo Traditions. So um, this is a what they call a big loop roping competition, and you know we're all used to watching um, our ropers through the the rodeos. You know it's very fast. You know the 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 cattle is let out, the stock's let out, and they're roping really fast, and they're it's all about time and you know get, getting it getting the cattle roped and all that. 
the big loop appears now I've done a little bit of research because I had to make sure I researched before we went into this event <laughs> you should know this is all about truly the, the cowboy the buckaroo is getting the a huge loop and it's all about the different types of releases that they're doing with the cattle so if you get a chance I mean if you if you look up um, big loop rodeo or big loop competition you will see how big this is this is huge Massive. in California yeah. and Oregon too there's a huge one in Jordan Valley that goes on there's a big rodeo that goes on it's all about the big loop it's all about different releases and how they're roping the cattle and so they're bringing it to Winnemucca hmm. and while we were in Winnemucca um, uh, the, the event promoter came to us and said hey I know it's short notice but would you like to come and be a part of the uh, BT gatherings and we're like sure let's try it out and let's do it so we're going to go back to Winnemucca next week um, I think they're anticipating somewhere around a thousand participants for the first year so that's not bad that's, that's a good start so we'll see how it goes you know? do, yeah, do you think this is going to be like a more of like a centralized draw like as far as the crowd is concerned like people are, are going to be interested enough to come from different states so. to come see I it? I mean it seems like that there's um, um, like Joel said that there's about a thousand they're expecting about a thousand people to show up so I'm hoping that it's from all around the area again it's their first year right so um, but if you go out and look I mean it's huge in Oregon it's huge in um, Idaho Cal Oregon and in, in California so <clears throat> I think it's really cool that they want to bring it to Nevada mm -hmm. and, yeah. and start it off so you know of all of the events I mean obviously Mule Days was a great event for us the bowling gilding sale in uh, Red Bluff um, we enjoy all of them because of the the typical customer that comes in is the ranching lifestyle yeah. it's the cowboy and his family and um but i think the one that i like the most are those ranch hand rodeos the ranch hand rodeo celebrates the rancher it celebrates what they have to do every day in their livelihood mm -hmm. um and winnemucca provides that for us um but i'll tell you last year uh, fallon built a new arena um the 3c event center and it yeah, is spectacular. Mm. It is um, basically the same one that Winnemucca has um, on steroids. They, they've done everything they can to create an economic engine in this facility. And we were lucky enough to, to be asked by uh, the Battleborn Bronx to come out and sell Sherry's jewelry. We were lucky enough to be asked by uh, Battleborn Bronx um, and Skyver Boots. Uh, they put on an event for all of the saddle bronc and bronc riders that come to the reno rodeo as they're transitioning into our beautiful state they have an opportunity to come out and win a significant purse in fallon before they start the reno rodeo one they of have, my most favorite events we've been oh, to it was honestly i love all the events we've gone to but um shout out to battleborn bronx and darcy yeah. sparrow and skyver boots because they put on such a phenomenal event and I don't mean to cut yeah. you off but a PCR a PC a P, PCRA sanctioned event you have the best of the uh. best of of saddle bronc riders and bareback riders competing and that's all it is it's just them yeah. they're gaining points to go to the NFR so 
it's they get it to was, free free camping and steak oh my dinner gosh, and so great. It was it, it went on a Wednesday night of all. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So good. If you Sold guys, out event. If you guys can go and get your tickets. I mean, five thousand people. Five thousand. How cool! Five thousand. Yeah. No, I can't remember. No, yeah. Five thousand. Five thousand people at that Arena Three C for that event last year, and and they're going to do it this this coming year, mm. and so. I am so proud to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to see that happening in our state. You know, it's, it's, and they ended it's up so having cool. a roping event for a couple of days yeah. afterwards, and, and uh, followed uh, by barrel racing. Barrel racing that was at the Reno Rodeo for a while, and uh, so our one and a half day stint ended up being an eleven day stint <laughs> in, in, in Fallon because cool. they asked us to stay. Yeah. But yeah. gosh, we loved it. We sold their their um, their apparel, and I mean. It, it's great. So, if, if you can go to that in, ju- in June, it's hell like a hoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, so good. We're looking at a couple of new events. You know, it, we're still retired, um, and we still want to make this. If we're going to travel to an event, we want to make it um, as if we're enjoying a vacation. Yeah. Um, so we want to stay an extra day before, maybe a couple after. Um, we're looking at uh, there's a, a Christmas event. It's uh, they mirror it kind of like candy dance with just I think there's 150 vendors yeah. up in Idaho, and maybe looking at doing that next year as oh. a new event for us. Yeah. Uh, I'm confident that we can sell our jewelry and our work at any event that we go to. So why not see some new ones and travel to new events? And, you know, uh, with the success of the event, now we have two fifth wheels sitting in the backyard. We bought a new fifth wheel with a toy hauler so that we can haul around that spectacular display that we have. And um, we have to show up a day early to set it up and a day after to tear it down, but it's really worth it. And, you know, the display itself, um, you know, like we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but... You know, when we first started, it was a 10 by 10. It was all jewelry. And then we expanded to a 10 by 20. And then we started expanding to like a 10 by 25 because we started carrying the event promoter's um, uh, apparel. But even when we're not carrying that, we, we are now starting to carry other people's artistry. We have uh, Minster Silversmiths out in Fallon who I collaborate with on pieces now. Um, carrying pieces that we make together. Um, uh, Cheryl Sanchez is making beautiful Mm -hmm. wild rags for us. And um, we have art from Mauricio Sandoval. So, and then of course Joel's art with his uh, wood metal art. So now our booth has kind of turned into this. It looks like a boutique. Like a a boutique. Boutique. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys got to see a little I think we were a 10 by 10 when you guys were there with us, right? I mean... I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was 10 by 20. 10, 10 yeah. by 20? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it definitely seems like it's, it's, it's taken on a life of its and, own. And it's, it's exactly what we want to do because we want to feature other people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Nevada silversmithing. Mm-hmm. So let's feature other Nevada artists yeah. too. So. I'm glad that you guys are doing that. Yeah. It's yeah. super, super it's awesome. Cool. I think yeah. the promoters are, are utilizing what we have... Um, as kind of the entrance to their events now. Yeah. Um, all of these facilities are giving us front and center, and we don't want to disappoint. Yeah. You guys are kind of encompassing most of yeah, what they're looking for, and that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, this is uh, Bourbon Ballistics Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are avid bow oh my 
I don't know, hunter. Hunt, you're yeah. a hunter. Yeah. You're more of a marksman. Yeah, I, marksman. I, I did more competitive. I yeah. do want to... Just I, badasses I, with the bows, these two. We do like to go and shoot competitively. We haven't had an opportunity to do that in the last few years because yeah. of the, the business, but prior to the business, it was we were shooting competitively, and then Joel was out. Um, I mean, we're huge huge advocates of hunting i mean we're we're about filling our freezer full of um organic meat that we know is coming right off of the mountain Mm -hmm. i mean you know that's all it's about so as an outdoorsman in this state i mean i've had an opportunity uh, since the day i turned 12 to hunt big game Um, i killed my first deer with a rifle in the pine nuts um, a stone's throw from the shop here and um, I, after that year, I went to archery, and I've had an opportunity um, up until probably my early 30s. Every year, I drew a tag and was able to harvest either um, an elk, uh, antelope, or a deer, and sometimes multiple animals in every year. And so we always had big game to eat. Um, it is more difficult to draw a tag in this state. I went nine years without getting a deer tag, and um, finally drew one last year. This this year, I went 0 for 19. On I apply for every game tag available in this state and unfortunately sometimes you don't draw but um, we are fortunate enough to be surrounded by family members and friends that hunt and so I usually have an opportunity to go out on a hunt every year Um, in fact uh, this uh, two weeks ago I had um, our nephew uh, Nico his wife was lucky enough to draw one of the best bull tags in the state and that was a muzzleloader tag Uh, so right in the in the heart of the rut in an area that provides some of the biggest uh, bulls in this state and um, unfortunately I had a couple of things I had to finish up I planned on driving out Tuesday morning and had the truck full with the tent and coolers and everything and um, they called Sunday morning and uh, before the sun was up and told me that they had found a big bull and the season opened that morning and uh, they kind of walked me through the hunt on the phone as they <laughs> harvested an absolute monster of a bull. Good job, guys. Yeah. Uh, a couple of guides were um, in tail trying to get the same bull, and they got to it first. And one of the guides is a friend, and he actually called me. And so I'm on the phone with a guide complaining that uh, you know our nephew and his wife are getting the bull that he was supposed to have for a, a client. And um, But no, it, it's my entire life has been surrounded by Nevada outdoors and hunting and you know right above us there's uh, several bows that are hanging up some have been retired that have filled our freezer many times and um, we love it it's it's what our family is about Sherry Sherry's uh, three generations of archery her grandmother started the Clear Creek Bowman Mm. Club with uh, Tim Meigs and Fern Meigs um, back uh, probably early 70s. Um, it's not Yeah, with Jim that. Davis and Al Uhart and some of the, the best names in archery in this area were all part of that initial program of Clear Creek Bowman. And yeah, um, yeah it, it's a family event. Just need some time. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I have to admit, I, I have not uh, taken hunter safety at this point. I, I really want to, but. Um, well, our granddaughter's turning 12, and she'll be, <laughs> she'll be another generation of hunting yeah. Nevada. So, you know, shooting competitively, but prior to the business was really easy because, you know, the, the competitions were spring through fall. Um, you know, hunting, the tags that they're drawing are August through November, and that's our super busy A lot of things happening. Yeah, A lot of things happening. Sure. So, um, you know, maybe I'll get to draw my, my hunter's yep. safety 
get my hunter safety done and draw my own tags. But and Sherry's goal is to she wants to shoot a turkey with her bow first. I want to shoot a turkey. Yeah. I don't know why I want to shoot a turkey. And then, like then, and, and maybe an have it coming. I think. Yeah. I, I think he had it coming. That's <laughs> <laughs> a stupid gobbler. Yeah, the yeah, dumb thing on their neck. That yeah. Thing that is on, he has it coming. <laughs> he gets so, them first. <laughs> but yeah, I really that's my goal is to get a turkey tag. I mean, I know that sounds super silly, but I really want to shoot a turkey. Um, and maybe we'll we'll graduate from there. But competitively, we shot all the time as yeah. a family. That was a big thing for our yeah. family was to shoot competitively so and now our grandkids are out shooting ducks and yeah they were they were duck hunting with their dad uh, uh, Friday night yep yeah they had a softball tournament over the hill and they went and killed some ducks before they went over the hill and yep. um, that's it's it's kind of what we're surrounded by yeah it's, we are Nevada we are Nevada yeah. yep good well I guess what I want before we sign off I really let us know an up and coming exciting news or events or where can we, we see you guys you no i love it okay good. love it um of course bt gatherings uh next weekend in winnemucca um we have the uh, country christmas market which is going to be in douglas county fairgrounds uh the saturday and sunday after thanksgiving just the 25th 26th uh, yes yeah. And then after that, it's a whirlwind. We have one month to build uh, 250 pieces for the uh, January bowling gilding sale. And then it is nonstop uh, until probably July. And we have a little bit of downtime and then yeah. right back in it. So We try to take July off and, and just do a little bit of camping and do our thing. And then we go right to. back into it. But try to. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a great retirement right now. Um, I think we'll continue doing it. A lot of people ask, you know, why we jumped into this. Uh, we're busy, and that's what Love you want to be when you retire. Right. You, you know, you, you see it so many, so often yeah. people retire, especially when they come from government work. They just kind of just shack up in a hole. Yeah. yeah. You never get heard from again. Never, you never heard from you again. Know. No. So it's, you guys are definitely doing it correctly, yeah. and, and you know, we 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 touched on a little bit, but. Um, you guys have a good thing going and staying on top of it. You guys are on the top of the game right now and just ride that wave as long as you can. Absolutely. We're hoping. I mean, you know, it's, it's I feel Build like an we're empire. kind of at the, at, at the crest. You know, it's like kind of the pinnacle. And we got we to gotta ride it out, you know, and just see where it goes. And, um, you know, there's a lot of goals for us. We, um, we'd like to go to Pendleton. We'd like to go to Cheyenne Frontier Days. We were going to go to the NFR this year, but mm -hmm. that didn't kind of quite work out for us. Looking I mean, at 2024 for that. 2024 is a whole nother ball game. So I'm all about positivity, and it's like, let's let's shoot for some of these bigger events, you know. And I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see. Exactly. But if you're looking for uh, what we do and what we make, um, the best opportunity is uh, social media platforms. Um, I would look up Nevada Silversmithing. Sherry does the majority of her posts on her Instagram. Uh, once again, Nevada Silversmithing. A few of those then go to her Facebook. Uh, Reclaimed NV uh, for the furniture side, uh, both on Facebook and Instagram. And Nevada Lapidary is just on Instagram. Uh, guys, we'll see you really soon. Yes. And I appreciate you guys taking the time out every day to Thanks do this, this more than once. Thank you. Yep. And uh, God bless. Yeah, thank you. you Happy too. holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man.